This is the weekly podcast for Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 6th, 2009. Located in Middletown, Delaware, we are dedicated to connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. For more information about Connection Community Church and our ministries, please contact us at www.connectioncc.org. If you seek a relationship with Jesus or would like prayer, please call our church offices at 302-378-7692. On behalf of the entire Connection family, we thank you for listening and pray that you are blessed by God's message. When you come to my house, there will be cookies for you. But if you're real hungry, you can use our phone and order a pizza to go. To go. To go is the key part of that, to go. Okay, dear Santa, I want a puppy. I want a playhouse. Thank you. I've been good most of the time. Sometimes I'm wild. (laughs) Amen to that one. Yeah. Dear Santa, and this is a four-year-old, I'll take anything because I haven't been that good. (laughs) Yeah. That could be my letter, too. Okay. All right. So here's my favorite, though. Here's my favorite. Dear dear Santa, I'm not going to ask for a lot. Here's my list. The Etch-A-Sketch Animator, two packs of number two pencils, Crayola Fat Markers, and the big gift, my own color TV. Well, maybe you could drop the pencils. I don't want to be really selfish. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's funny. (laughs) The wish list. What we're dreaming of, what we're hoping for. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today and during this season of Christmas. Today, we begin unwrapping Christmas. Today, we unwrap the gift of hope. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. And I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Mm. God, we, we do thank you for this day. We thank you that we can laugh and just come into this place and worship your name and hear your word. Open our hearts so that we might be changed and transformed by your message found in Scripture this day. We pray this in your name. Amen. So speaking of wish list, um, does anybody remember this thing? Oh, you don't remember this specific because this is 2009, but something like this, the official wish book. Now, this is Sears. Sears had them. I think Penny's had them. When I was growing up, my house, we used... Anybody ever have the Montgomery Ward? Yeah, that was our house. You know, uh, uh, I think they just do internet now. I don't think they actually have a book. But actually, Aaron Montgomery Ward was the, the originator of catalog sales and originated the wish book. There it's you go. all that little, trivia little, little going te- on in your head. Little teaching moment there this morning. All right, okay. we got that in. We're good. We're good well, to go now. let me have that book for a there minute. Okay, look how slim this is. How, how thick were yours? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were thick. Okay, so when the wish book arrived in the Jones household, guess what we did? We hid it. For just a week or two or maybe three, depending on when it it came. We 
had to hide this book because, you know, we had three little girls and then, you know, our, our son. But Aaron, Megan, and Devin, as soon as this wish book came, boy, they opened it up. They went page to page. Pages were falling out by the time they were done. They take their pencils or their crayons or their pens. Am I not right, Aaron? Oh, you bookmarked the pages. That's right. And the thing is, like, they choose one thing and we're like, okay, well, we can take care of this. And we might have gotten it. And then by the time I got back to the book, it was X'd and they were on to something else. <laughs> the old wish book. Yeah, the yeah. old wish book. We were talking to Bruce Kozak. He, he attends here at Connection yesterday. He and his brother had this system with their wish book. Uh, Bruce had one color and his brother had the other color. So it was very clear what, you know, to his to Santa or to his parents, you know, what was what they wanted. Oh, that's funny. What they hoped for. Let's what get that theme for, in. Hoped for. Well, things wished for, things uh, hoped for. Things hoped for. That's a really important part of Christmas. In the, in the church at large, there's a special name for the four weeks leading up to Christmas. You won't find it in Scripture. It's a kind of a church construct, but it's, they call that season Advent. Maybe some of you have heard of it, the Advent season. By definition, if you look up the word Advent, it means the arrival of something important or awaited. So, so the season of Advent is a time to get ready for something important, something awaited. Hello, the birth of Jesus the Christ. And so this four-week period is set apart as a time of expectant waiting, a time of preparation, a time of anticipation, a time of hope, a time of hope. You know, this set-apart time of expectant waiting, this, this preparation, anticipation, they were not new concepts at the point when Jesus was born, because the Hebrew people had been waiting hundreds and hundreds of years for the one whom God had promised. I mean, that's like this much of the Bible pointed to the one whom they were waiting for, hoping for, 700 years, in fact, we read where they hoped for, waited for the anointed one, the Messiah. You see, there's these things called messianic prophecies. There are 300 of them. Messianic prophecies, are there, they are indicators, they're words spoken by prophets from God to share some news. And... The news that they heard, the prophets of old, is that one would come. It would be a savior. The prophecies did not tell us exactly when, but they did indicate where and who. One of these prophets was the prophet Micah. And, and, And I love the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases Micah's prophecy from the fifth chapter uh, of Micah, I think it is. Um, he paraphrased it in, in his version of Scripture called The Message. Here, here's what he says. He says, But you, Bethlehem, David's country, runt of the litter, from you will come the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. 
He'll be no upstart, no pretender. His family tree is ancient and distinguished. Meanwhile, Israel will be in foster homes until the birth pangs are over and the child is born. And the, scattered brother, uh, and the scattered brothers come back home to the family of Israel. He will stand tall in his shepherd rule by God's strength, centered in the majesty of God revealed. And the people will have a good and safe home, for the whole world will hold him in respect, peacemaker of the world. Isn't this just a marvelous piece of Scripture? I love that. So at the beginning of that Scripture, we read, From you will come the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. And that that shepherd rule, ruler of Israel would come from Bethlehem. Bethlehem was David's country. Now Micah, who wrote that, the prophet, wrote that 700 years before the birth of Christ. 700 years. Now that's a long time to wait, isn't it? Think about that. 700 years of waiting from the time that message of hope was given until, in fact, Christ was born. Mm. Now, approximately 100 years following Micah, or 600 years before Christ, give or take, the Lord shared with the people through another prophet, the prophet Jeremiah, a little bit of who this Messiah would be. And here's what he shares through the prophet. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up from David's line a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called the Lord. Say it with me. The Lord Lord our righteousness. righteousness. And so... This Messiah, this Savior, would be descended from perhaps the the most famous, not perhaps, the most famous of all leaders of Israel. His name's David. The shepherd boy, David and Goliath, that's who we're talking about. David, who became king. And and God used many prophets. We're going to go back 100 years, back to the time of of Micah, a contemporary of Micah, someone who lived around the same time, and that's the prophet Isaiah. And God used this prophet Isaiah to share more about the one who was to come. Again, the one who would come 700 years. That's a long time. I mean, our country's been in existence, what, 200 and... A third of that, right? 700 years. Here's what he says through the prophet um, Isaiah. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David, it is not enough. Is it not enough to try the patience of man? Will you try the patience of my God also? Here it comes. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel. So in the previous prophecy, we heard that the shepherd rule would come from Bethlehem, from the house of David. Well, in this one, the virgin birth is foretold. 700, I mean, this is incredible. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. God with us. 
That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. Mm. Now, two chapters later, in we were in Isaiah 7. Now, as we go to Isaiah chapter 9, perhaps we find one of the most well-known messianic prophecies. If anybody is familiar with Handel's work, the Messiah, the words come directly out of this Messiah, out of Isaiah chapter 9. Yeah. And, and as we're reading this, just think if there's a thread that's running through this. Is there a word that, uh, you know, what, what is the common thread here? Nevertheless, there will, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Check this out. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. And here's why. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He'll be called, share it with me, Prince Prince of of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and how long? Forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. It doesn't say maybe. It says will accomplish this. The thread I hear running through that, I hope you do too, the the word that I think of is a word of hope. Hope. It's a prophecy of hope. Looking forward to the day when those who have been walking in darkness will see a great light, a day when the yoke that burdens will be shattered, a day when there is an end to war, when the boots used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning and will be fuel for the fire. And what is the source of this hope? What is the source? It's a child. It's a child, a son, a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, he will reign with justice and righteousness from that time on. And the one that he is talking about here, the hope of the world is none other than Jesus, the Christ, the hope of the world. This message of hope, Isaiah continues to teach us about this hope. Two chapters later, again, we read, This is Isaiah chapter 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of power. 
You see that spirit? That's like a capital S. I mean, that's it's Christ, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. I love this part. Or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. A shoot from the stump of Jesse. That's, that's David's father. Jesse was David, King David's father. In other words, from that tree that had been cut down that appeared dead, a shoot will come and bear fruit. Now, if we look historically, Israel was in a bad, bad way for a lot of years. There were periods of faithfulness and then periods of turning away from God. I mean, it was like this for them. And at this time, when Isaiah spoke this, it was a very low period for Israel. And they were feeling lots of darkness and feeling hopeless. And here's this message of hope that a shoot will come from this place where it appears dead. And fruit will be, and it will bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon him, and he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears, but he will judge the needy with righteousness. Wow. And he will wear a belt of righteousness and a sash of faithfulness around his waist. Does that sound like anybody we know? Jesus. Hope. That's what these prophecies give the people of Israel for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. People of Israel looked forward to the time when Emmanuel would come, God with us in the flesh, according to the prophecies, expecting one born of a virgin. And where? In Bethlehem the city of David, because this Savior would come from the house and the lineage of Israel's most famous king, King David. The gift of hope is what we see in these prophecies. Through Micah, through Isaiah, through others. The gift of hope is that Jesus came. Jesus comes. Jesus is here. Jesus is the hope of the world. And Christ is our only hope. Because of the things of this world, they come and go. Things can turn on a dime. Our situation can be this way, and then it goes this way, just like that. But our hope, our only hope, Never changes. Same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And it's in him where we need to put our hope and put our trust. We sing a lot of Christmas carols at 
Christmas, there's this uh, one that we all know, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful. Come All Ye Faithful, Joyful and Triumphant. We'll sing it later in the later in the season. But there's this one line in that where it says, The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Our hopes and fears are met in Christ. You see, Christ takes them all. In Christ, our fears come to rest. In Christ, our hopes come to life. Say that one more time. In Christ, our fears come to rest. In Christ, our hopes come to life. What about you? Uh, What are you hoping for for Christmas? What are you dreaming of? Uh, I don't mean are you dreaming of a white Christmas. We already had that last night. We've covered that. Bird chestnuts roast on the open fire, Jack Frost nipping it. I'm not talking about that. I mean, really, really, really deep in your soul, what are you hoping for this Christmas? Are you hoping God will bring you some financial relief because it's been a challenging year? Are you hoping that there might be some healing? Maybe you've had a physical thing that, that you would look to healing, or maybe emotionally you need some, maybe psychologically, maybe spiritually you need some healing. Maybe there's a relationship, the family matters that we talked about. Maybe there's still some family matters that you're hoping maybe during this season, maybe that's, maybe that's your Christmas wish, your Christmas hope that some healing will take place in some relationships. Uh, what are you hoping Maybe you're hoping to know Jesus like you've never known him before. Or maybe you're hoping for a relationship with him that you've never really had up to this point. What are you hoping for? As we unwrap Christmas, know this. The people of Israel hoped for and waited for, looked forward 700 years for the one who will be born in the manger on Christmas Day. Is that what you're hoping for today? Are you hoping for Jesus like you've never known him before? Are you hoping that this Christmas will be all about that? Because he is was, is, and will be the hope of the world. Let's pray. Almighty God, wow, 700 years? It's a long time to wait. I confess that For me, sometimes a day, a week, or a couple years is a long time to wait. God, we know that you're sovereign. And we know that your promise (coughs) is truth and peace. God, as we 
journey through this season of Christmas. Help each one of us not get so caught up that we miss it, that we miss you, but help us unwrap those things that are most important in our lives and most of all, our relationship with you, our hope. We pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly message from Connection Community Church. If you would like more information about what you just heard, or if you seek a relationship with Jesus, please call our church offices at 302-378-7692. You can also find out more about our ministries and upcoming events on our website at www. Dot connectioncc.org. Thank you again for listening, and may this be the greatest week of your life.